I didn't know how the culture shift was going to happen, but mm. I knew it was necessary. Mm. And so we got a coach, leadership coach. For the organization. For the organization. Mm. Um, because I felt like I can't be, even without knowing what needed to happen, I didn't feel like I, I should be the culture shift. Like everyone needed to shift. Yeah. And so we got a coach, uh, somebody we've worked with for quite some time and who's been very, 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 very mm. um, helpful. Mm. Um, and um, so we went through like a group coaching, went through individual coaching and through his, the group coaching, some things sort of made sense to me because he said, um, he asked us what is culture. And then one person said, culture are the things we do over and over again until they become the norm. And so for me, that was like, wow. So if we've been doing something over and over and it became the norm, we can actually do it and do something different. And then that thing will become a new norm. A new norm. Mm. So it's possible to change culture mm. by doing something mm. that is desirable and mm. is different. Mm. And then the other thing he said that people do what is rewarded. That's true. So when you reward grants mm. and you reward sending emails at midnight, then people do it mm. because they're going to get a reward out of it. Mm. I was like, wow. Mm. Okay. So we just need to reward different things mm. and we need to stop rewarding things that are mm. harmful. Mm. So through that process, um, the institution, we came up with three things. Mm. One was um, work-life balance. Mm. And during that group coaching, even before the, the whole coaching ended, we agreed that we're not going to reward emails sent at 2 a.m. Mm. <laughs> or emails sent on a Saturday or emails sent on Christmas Day. Mm. We're not going to reward it. Mm. And we are going to like discourage it and say it is not good. We it's, don't want it. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Mm. Just just changing the email behavior mm. really transformed within days. Mm. Like transformed everyone's life. Mm. That That's not enough, but it mm. was a beginning. Mm. Because uh, this gentleman explained and said, um, if you're the boss and you're sending an email at midnight mm. and your direct report receives the email at six o'clock in the morning mm. and they say, oh my God, I was sleeping and my boss was up at midnight sending emails. It already then does something. In their mind, they're feeling like they're not doing enough mm. because if the boss is up at midnight, how come? How mm. can they be comfortably mm. asleep at the same time? Mm. So they start also trying to emulate the boss mm. and waiting until midnight before mm. they sleep. Mm. Then as, as they wait, they're sending emails mm. and then somebody has received them, mm. the emails. Mm. Then it's like, oh my God, my supervisor was mm. up at 2 a.m. and he, I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. So they start staying until 2 a.m. Mm. and they're sending emails to their supervisors. Mm. As they, so in the end, everybody thinks since the boss does it, the boss mm. appreciates it. Mm. And after, sometimes actually the feedback was like, wow, thank you so much for staying up so late to, you know, mm. deal with this matter. So you mm. feel a positive energy loop and you feel like, okay, tomorrow I should stay mm. until 2 a.m. Mm. Hmm. And so in the, before you know it, it's a, it's a norm. And yet none of those emails are urgent. Hmm. None of them. Hmm. Rarely hmm. were they urgent. Hmm. Just like that, we said, we're stopping sending emails after work hours. Hmm. I, can, I can receive like three emails from Friday to Monday. Hmm. And most of them won't even be from my hmm. team. Hmm. If I have emails to send to people, I'll, I, I still work late. Yeah. I do. But you'll schedule. I'll schedule them. So they, they hit people's at inbox eight. at 8 a.m. Yeah. Just that small thing yeah. really changed everyone's life. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but then beyond that, as I said, we started working backwards. Mm. Where are we getting this workload and burnout? Mm. 
this obsession with um, grant mm. writing mm. and we write hundreds of now i think this year we're writing about 165 mm. proposals that mm. we submitted mm. but of course the people who can write proposals has increased so mm. it's not it's not like um, mm. a is equal to b mm. but still it's a lot mm -hmm. so let's go back and find ways of prioritizing mm -hmm. let's find ways of doing it differently let's find ways of doing it better mm. and the go no go that you talked about so mm. we put in place go no goals mm. we beefed up our business development team mm. so there are a lot of things we did which are structural mm -hmm. that can improve work-life balance mm. a lot of it revolves around proposal writing mm. but the big part was email mm. culture mm. when you go and leave we don't want to get emails from you yeah it's it's not good to, we're not toxic. going to feel like some warm yeah. fuzzy no. feeling of no. of appreciation no because you've sent an email while you leave we are yeah. going to feel appreciation <laughs> if you get an out of office that says that no emails will be read during that period yeah so that's that is a behavior that we yeah. put yeah. out there yeah and so work-life balance mm. we did something about that mm. then the second thing was about speaking up mm. and speaking up has a lot of uh, we had what we call a culture of silence so now the culture shift is to mm. speak up a bit mm. more mm. and it had a, a loop a direct loop with um apathy mm. with listening mm. and people feeling like their opinions are not yeah um, heard and yeah. appreciated mm. and therefore they start keep they keep on retreating Mm. until they're up there mm. outside the box and mm. so whatever happens they say they did this mm. it's not their problem mm. because they're <laughs> you know and uh, you could see that and so <clears throat> we try to work backwards about how did we get here mm. and so i go back to the i, I mentioned something earlier about positive feedback mm -hmm. we had internalized negative feedback mm. and we wore it as a badge of honor mm. that um you're great but you're mm. great but mm. you're great but mm. um so i will focus on the 95% of the things that you did that were outstanding mm. they are all summarized as great mm. and then i'll spend 2 hours talking about the 5% the but and that was a model that we embraced and we liked and it served us well for some time but then now it had created that whole mm, unhealthy dynamics about uh, the appraisal system, the reward mm. system, mm. people feeling like they're not listened to mm. because even though you have an issue, that issue is a bad thing. It's mm. not the main thing. Mm. And so really like, like, I don't know, unlearning a lot of things about mm. feedback. Mm. Yeah. Uh, people who came for our interviews, they would tell you, my goodness, this is the worst interview I've ever attended because everybody like zeroes in on the negative. You come and do a job talk and immediately once you stop talking, everybody's going to, this was, there's a mistake here, there's a typo here, your slides are crowded and this, and so, and it's, people just pile on. So that culture, we, we, as I said, we, it was like a badge of honor for us. And that translated into the way we relate with each other, mm. not just for interviews, for seminars and mm. internal webinars, and we call them brown bags. Mm. And, um, appraisals so really it had knocked up it had knocked down many people people mm. had been knocked down mm. somebody does their best they go for an appraisal they spend two hours and mm. they spend 95 percent of the time talking about the one mistake they made and then they spend five percent of the time talking about the great things that they did and so people felt unappreciated mm. um and devalued undervalued mm. and so it had created a completely different dynamic mm. 
and le- which had led to apathy so people had sort of stepped aside and mm. they were like let them mm. you know run the institution mm. so really that like moment of clarity about the value of being nice mm. <laughs> in the way we give feedback mm. has been transformative mm. and when we talk about the culture shift i think for me that's the fundamental part mm. because mm. like stopping email culture that is something mm. that um, mm. is very easy mm. but really learning how to be nice mm. again mm. Mm. that has been that must be nice again <laughs> and institutionalizing it and institutionalizing yeah. institutionalizing it. yeah yeah so as part of culture you said there were three things and the third one the third one was how to maintain excellence mm. and so that was the question of what is excellence mm. to us mm. and um yeah people sitting down and defining what excellence means to them mm. and then seeing how do we keep it Mm. As I said some things are behavioral like mm-hmm. people changing the way they do things but some are structural. Mm. So mm. like um mm. you know they go no go stuff mm. all that um, mm. is about that mm. if you reduce the workload mm. and improve work life balance you're like mm. to lead into excellence. Mm. So like mm. um every person had to define what excellence means mm. to them. Mm. And then now we try to put things that support mm. supportive people. Studies. But then a lot of it also depends on individual mm. behavior. Thank you.